0: following podcast contains discussion of romance, ribaldry, and rizzo.
1: Viewer discretion is advised.
0: Confessions of Two Men with Nothing in Common but an Accent. I am James. I am it. How has your month been, Mr. Johnson?
1: I like it when you call me that. There's something about it, like a symbol of respect, I think. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm not doing it again. Bastard.
0: It sounds like I'm in the FBI and I'm giving you your new name for your new life. Hello, Mr. Johnson.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, my name, like, Matt isn't even my first name, you know. What? William is my first name, and so William Matthew Johnson, that's my full name. I have, like, you take, like, three of the most common names, you know, in the English language, and you just – that's me.
0: You're just blanketing yourself in anonymity.
1: Yeah, it's like me and, like, John Smith.
0: You're a walking alias.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I need to come up with an alias that's more exotic. I don't know. I had an alias one time. What was it? Uh, Oh, John Matson. That's my alias, a.k.a. John Mattson, a.k.a. Maddie Nice, a.k.a. Tootie. That's actually one of my old nicknames was Tootie, but I don't want to get into that. That's actually. another podcast. Nicknames, James. We all resent them. Yes, but um, my month, uh, it was pretty normal. No earthquakes this time, so.
0: Fingers crossed.
1: That's a, that's a plus. Uh, Fingers
0: crossed for earthquakes, by the way.
1: Yeah. Uh, there was actually some interesting stuff that happened, like two weeks in a row, uh, that actually involved my brother. About three weeks ago, actually, three weeks ago to this day that we're recording this, uh, he graduated from high school.
0: Hey, yeah, one did. of us made it.
1: <laughs> he is the fourth Johnson in our family to graduate from high school.
0: I think, including the
1: dog. Wait, don't don't knock the dog. He's uh he's actually a Rhodes Scholar now.
0: You know I have nothing but respect for Barco, the dog, what can philosophize.
1: Yes, of course. But uh, before I get to that, there's actually something that happened a couple of weeks before he graduated.
0: Oh, we're going back in time. Yes. It's like a Tarantino movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's intercut with stories. Christopher Walken's there. He's got a watch up his ass. Um, for no particular reason, now he just you know enjoys it. But uh, one day on a Saturday, actually, he went up to the school because they were doing a, a play. Uh, well, actually, it was a musical they were doing because, like, the the school's like their drama department. Like, they do a fall winter uh, drama play, and then during the spring summer, they'll do a musical. Because I think last year they did Death of a Salesman, and so naturally, as a counterbalance, this year they did Grease. <laughs> and, the other musical. Yeah. My brother he was talking about he wanted to go see it because 'Cause he'd never seen a play uh or you know, musical or anything, so he wanted to check it out. And so during the the discussion of Greece and stuff, I remember one of the biggest fans of Greece that I've ever known is actually my father. He is <laughs> a huge Greece fan of <laughs> He a lot of it comes from when he was younger. He had a Grease eight track. That he would listen to. <laughs> and he would—he told us he he wore it out listening to it, you know? And I can't remember what he said his favorite song, so I don't know if this is actually his words or if it's just me remembering, but I think he actually said his favorite song was uh, Beauty School Dropout.
0: <laughs> well, it does reference prostitution at one point.
1: Yeah. I, that is something that I didn't know both my father and brother had in common, their mutual love of Greece, so... That, that was interesting, I guess.
0: Uh, I'm just imagining your dad in his pink lady jacket singing into his hairbrush. Tell me more, tell me more, was it love at first sight? <laughs> your brother walks in. Tell me more, tell me more, did she put up a fight? you bastard they swap genders on it it's really weird
1: as long as I uh, well that was the song I was going to say as long as I didn't do Summer 11 but I'm like that is the song damn it you beat me in your knowledge of Greece. how did I let this <laughs> thing pass if anyone should have known it should be me
0: it is I who is the Greaser son of a bitch <laughs> uh,
1: was, Oh, the original thing I was going to say was a couple weeks after the, the big musical um, it was my brother's birthday his 18th birthday
0: and... so you took him to see Greece.
1: <laughs> yes that's what you do when you turn 18
0: how did you know matt
1: <laughs> but uh no we actually went, went to go see a movie on his birthday what'd you go see the 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 movie of of uh, people doing magic to steal stuff uh now you see me that memorable movie yes it was kind of disappointing to be honest but i don't i don't want to go into it too much
0: wait but... question was george mm-hmm. oscar bluth involved
1: no, unfortunately not. But Tony Wonder was there, so. Oh,
0: well, actually, I've heard of that. Apparently, Tony Wonder spends the entire movie in a dumb waiter.
1: They never <laughs> see him. Yeah, but
0: he's there. They paid Ben Stiller to be in that dumb waiter for two hours.
1: <laughs> but uh, I saw something very odd. Before we went to go see the movie, we we stopped and got to got some eat at McDonald's. Oh yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah, as we were going in, I saw this van. It looked like it was, like, one of those uh, 80s, 90s-style vans that are made for, like, paralyzed people to where, you know, the sides have the lift and stuff.
0: You know how many paralyzed people there were in the 90s. People didn't give a shit. They'd walk in yeah. traffic.
1: It was the 90s, man. You know, no inflation. Uh, times were up. Everybody so. was wearing those sunglasses.
0: They didn't know where the hell they were
1: walking. But what caught my eye was it had warning stickers all over it. And it, what I figured out what it was was this was some guy's homemade – Ice cream truck.
0: <laughs> I swear to God, I thought you were going to say meth lab.
1: <laughs> no, I couldn't be so lucky. But no, it was an ice cream truck that, like, I could see, once I looked closer, there was a big freezer in the back. And all the warning signs were warning, this vehicle is an ice cream truck. Please go around to the <laughs> other window to get ice cream,
0: is what it was saying. Okay, that's the greatest bumper sticker ever.
1: Warning, <laughs> this vehicle is an ice cream truck. I don't know. Just something about it struck me as being creepy. <laughs> it was a homemade ice cream truck. Who does that? <laughs> that
0: does seem really perverse.
1: And add managed to it when I got closer, there was a little girl inside the van all by herself <laughs> eating ice cream. Like eating ice cream. Like a – uh what's you call it? The pop. The thing. Icicle. Ice, what the fuck? What
0: are they call it? Magic eyes.
1: Yeah, one of those things maybe. But – I was gonna take a picture of it to prove that I saw this but I didn't <laughs> want to make
0: it less creepy.
1: I don't want like someone to see me taking a picture just in case someone was watching If someone's that dedicated, they're gonna be watching that band but I don't know like I said it just struck, struck me as creepy just someone got these signs and took it upon themselves to sell ice cream. I mean I get that you know maybe that's a good enough business but get a truck man if you're that committed. I get the trail. Why, why rent out some pedo van?
0: Because he couldn't afford to get his ice cream license. He's not a rich boy like you, Johnson. With my fleet of ice cream trucks. <laughs> Officially licensed ice cream trucks who went to ice creamery school. <laughs> College boys.
1: Yeah. Probably it's a
0: good thing you didn't take a photo because I'm sure Chris Hansen was around the corner.
1: I bet you that's what it was. The girl was a trap. She's that's actually one... in her 30s. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, it just seems like that's the perfect trap for a pedophile: free ice cream and a
1: child enjoying it. That, actually, that reminds me. I saw uh, one of those Dateline hidden camera things one time, and it was the whole thing was a guy was offering like these two kids free ice cream, a brother and sister. He's like, "Come on, I got some ice cream. I'll let y'all. I'll take y'all. You know where y'all need to go because like the parents, you know, this guy was an actor. the The kids' parents were watching, see what they did, and so. The girl was like, "We can't, you know, we can't go with him. It's like, but but he's got ice cream, and she's like, "But but what about what Mama did to say, you know, would getting into Carl strangers?" But but ice cream.
0: So I solve all my problems, but ice cream. <laughs> what show is this to molest a child?
1: It's something like that, like the Dateline <laughs> hidden camera things. That's what it's it also is. Also,
0: Chris Hansen. I'm going to see what it's like on the other side of the camera.
1: I've crossed. I've crossed that line, and now. There's no going back.
0: To fight pedophilia, you must become pedophilia.
1: But, uh, yeah, that weird ice cream truck aside, my brother graduating high school aside, the musical <laughs> grease aside, uh, normal normal month for me.
0: Oh, I didn't have anything as noteworthy happen to me this month. The closest thing to an interesting thing that's happened to me is last week, a distant relative of mine died.
1: Oh, uh, how distant?
0: Uh, I've spoken to him like once in my life.
1: For me, that could count as close relatives, too. But
0: I've only spoken to my father three times. <laughs> one about Greece, one about bicycles, and the other about that Kung Fu shit.
1: And, yeah, the next time we will talk, will be on his deathbed. So it has been written, so it will pass.
0: But uh, I was sitting around with family, and I was talking to my grandmother. My grandmother started telling me the family tree of our extended family. And as she kept going, she kept getting more and more confused (laughs) over how complicated this family tree got because this is needless to say a southern family tree yes so i got out my notepad and a pen and i started (laughs) writing all this down
1: because i am a fucking journalist this you should have went on uh was ancestor.com
0: i would have crashed that fucking site Okay, so, written down here for your entertainment, the family tree of my extended family.
1: Are they all Lewis's like you, or...
0: Not Lewis's. Relatives by marriage, but...
1: Do you want to say their family name, or or is it just more than one, or...
0: I'll keep it anonymous for right now.
1: We'll just say they're the Johnsons. (laughs) Yes. Somehow or another, you and I are related.
0: The Johnson family tree. Now... (gasps) <gasps> the patriarch of the family was Ernest, who had a grand total of 13 brothers and sisters. Now, the only brothers my grandmother could name were Albert and Pee-wee, and the only <laughs> sisters were Mary and Yvonne, although Yvonne may be his daughter and not his sister, we weren't sure. Now, Ernest's brother Albert has four sons, John, Jeff, Wade, and Adrian. Albert's daughter-in-law Karen has a daughter named Bailey, not to be confused with Albert's first wife, Bealey. Now, in addition to the 13 siblings, Ernest had 13 kids of his own— with his wife Janice, who beat his record with her 17 siblings. It would take too long to list them all, but the noteworthy children he had with Janice are Jerry, James, Eric, Albert, and Buckshot.
1: Buckshot.
0: James, not to be confused with me, Albert, not to be confused with Albert, although they do live across the street from each other, and Eric, who goes by the name Bobo, not to be confused with his first son named Boo Boo, or his second son named Dawson. And with the exception of some of Albert's kids, they all live in the same neighborhood, so if you go down there during a 4th of July cookout, you can see Albert, Albert, Adrian, and Beely Bailey Janice James Jerry John Jeff Peewee Bobo Boo Boo and Dawson showing down on the best barbecue this side of Birmingham that's not even the blood
1: relatives I've gone cross that I'm sorry that's like I died 20 seconds into that that's like uh one of those family trees from Game of Thrones or something you know <laughs>
0: that's like a book you read in elementary school it's like Amelia Bedelia's yeah. family tree yeah
1: I'm pretty sure somewhere or another of those 63 people you named, I'm probably related to one of them some kind of way. <laughs> and So they all live like in the same section of like – like is it like a neighborhood or are they like oh, yeah. in the
0: country? or?
1: They have their own little neighborhood
0: they've carved out for themselves.
1: Yeah. That's like – sometimes it's like that around here too because there's this place uh, I have went through a few times. Uh, it's in Elbert County. It's like right there on the border with Lincoln County, but they call it Rice Town. Because, like, everybody who lives there, or some kin to each other, they're all, like, last name Rice, you know.
0: That is a fascinating thing about the South. Sometimes you'll just find these weird little villages.
1: To me, I think, like, some of those places, though, that you run to, um, I think they're the case of, like, there's one place that uh, is like that, also in Elbert, Elbert County. But it's, like, north of, of Elbert County. But it's called, like, Rock Branch is what it's called. And, like, those communities like that are... I think where they are, they're leftovers from back in the days before people had cars and stuff to where you couldn't, like, you know, it would take you, like, a day or two to go into town proper. So instead of having to go to town, you made the town come to you. And so that's what those little communities were. That's what I always thought. So you kidnapped the mayor. You had your own mayor. Like, you know, like places out there, they had their own schools, their own, like, you know, dancing halls and uh, general stores, stuff like that.
0: I'm technically an Archduke.
1: The Archduke of Johnsonville.
0: Oh, no, I have my own place. Lewiston. Lewistu. Lewistu? Yeah, it's not a very good name. I'm thinking of changing it.
1: Lewiston? What's wrong with Lewiston? To me, that sounds like a good name. It's not pretentious enough. Hmm. The grand neighborhood of Lewistown.
0: What about (laughs) Ballerina-topia?
1: You make everybody walk on (laughs) tiptoe. I will remake this world in
0: my image.
1: Pirouette! Pirouette for my pleasure. Do it now. So saith the Emperor of Tendons. <laughs> but if Ballerinaville, whatever you call it, needs a secret police.
0: How soon you forget.
1: I'm sorry, my lord. I apologize. But yeah, it's funny that you actually mentioned, like how people are, are related to each other. Because I've actually got a story that ties into that aspect and also um, the theme of our episode.
0: That's right. It's funny that you mention your father and your brother shared love of the musical Greece. Because the subject for today's episode is love.
1: Yes. Love Johnson. Love Johnson. There it is. I need I have a new name. Thank you. Love Johnson.
0: HP <laughs> Love Johnson. Um <laughs> <laughs> a huge mustache.
1: <laughs> but uh when we come up with this idea, like we weren't sure what kind of love that we would encompass because love is like a word that it seems to me almost I don't know how you feel but sometimes I feel like the word is used too much these days. You know what I mean? If that makes sense to you. But man, I
0: thought what the world needed now was love, sweet love.
1: Well, I mean like I mean it in the way that like people people you, they trivialize it I feel in certain certain regards. Like, you know, you don't necessarily love a plate of nachos, you know. I love a plate of nachos. <laughs> not not in the proper sense of the word love. You don't love it. Bullshit, I don't. You have married a
0: plate of nachos? Put a plate of nachos in front of me right fucking now. I will marry the shit out of that. I don't care what Pat Robertson has to say about it.
1: Have a couple of mutant nacho babies? If science allows it, yeah. But I don't know. Like I said, I guess that's just me being weird about how, you know the feeling love but
0: well, not loving nachos yeah it's pretty fucking weird man
1: <laughs> no i like nachos but i don't i don't love them i like i don't use that word much because uh this is gonna sound weird but i think i only told my parents i love them like uh like once or twice in my life is that weird hmm, surprising my and family wait, was wait. the
0: exact opposite we said i love you at the end of every sentence
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like if you use it that much, it starts to lose its meaning.
0: And the weird thing was it wasn't necessarily out of affection. It was just some weird ritual.
1: Out of habit, yeah. I've seen people who do that. They'll constantly tell their children. Like the children and parents will say that after, like, every phone conversation, or every time they go somewhere. And yeah. to me, like I said, it just feels like it, it, it dampens the effect to constantly say it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, – to bring up another medicine for it's like using penicillin all the time. If you use penicillin all the time, like you know, each time you use it, it's less effective.
0: Are oh, you saying we shouldn't use penicillin? Well, I said use it sparingly. I'm just gonna let this syphilis infection go untreated now. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but with me, whenever I was young, I just had this OCD compulsion to say it because I was convinced. That the last, that whenever I spoke to somebody, that was the last time I would ever speak to them. So what I said had to have mattered. Huh. So so it'd be like, ah, get out of here. I got to take a shit. I want you to know that I love you very much.
1: Actually, get out of here. I got to take a shit was the last word I said to my great grandma. (laughs) I was six at the time. I mean, she died like years later, but she was so appalled that she wouldn't speak to me again. But she did put it on her epitaph.
0: <laughs> it was really inappropriate when you said that at her funeral too.
1: I was talking to everybody else though, because I had to go. I'm sorry. I mean, when nature calls, you gotta answer. But uh, like I said, we kind of want to use a broad meaning of the term love. But like, like as far as you, because I know like there are a lot of things that you're into. But like, what are some things that you love, James? Nachos. Ugh, you would love nachos. Hey,
0: hey, hey, don't don't be a cheese hipster on me, man.
1: Hey, all I'm saying is, look, some of my best friends are nachos, okay? <laughs> I've had two nachos at my house. I've invited them over. They've come over. We've had fun once or twice. So I'm no way disparaging nachos.
0: Well, you know what? I wasn't going to say this, but your brother, he's dating nachos.
1: Oh, God, no, not in this house. Not in this house, not under my watch. If it was Gouda I'd understand. Pepper Jack? No. (laughs) That Hispanic bastard. Pepper wine will not stand in this house.
0: But uh as far as passions go, books and movies and music have always been the things that have really driven me.
1: Well, that's uh takeaway like books and you're talking like about like eighty percent of people Movies and music. Who doesn't like movies and music? I'm sorry. Now, I don't want to bust your chops, but, you know, that's like saying, oh, I love movies. Of course you love movies. Everybody <laughs> loves movies. Let me finish, Johnson. I'm sorry, Lewis.
0: Everybody enjoys art and media, but with me, I would almost call it a religion. I've described it as such to religious people, and they've gotten very offended.
1: I'm getting pretty offended right now, as someone who is not religious. So you know <laughs> that.
0: First, the nachos, now this.
1: Well, it's not so much about you bad mouthing religion as if you're bad mouthing art by attaching it to religion. That's <laughs> what pisses me off. I think that
0: everybody has to have that other thing outside of themselves that helps define the world they live in and bring color to it. And for some people, that's their religion. Some people, you know, it's patriotism. And for me, like, specifically books and movies those are the things that like that's part of the reason i get up in the morning that's the main reason i get up in the morning
1: like 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 what what, like you said they color your outlook on life is that what you mean like i I get the the whole thing that give you a reason to want to do stuff and experience you things because to me as i've said many times i love books you know uh you can go anywhere in a book james have you seen (laughs) reading rainbow
0: we all know what you do with your ipad
1: butterfly in the sky (laughs) I can go twice as high take a look it's in a book reading rainbow reading rainbow anyway that aside I've always wanted to sing that so
0: you're secretly LeVar Burton aren't you
1: I do have a visor over my eyes right now but that's mostly because of uh, chronic masturbation that's one other thing I love myself Repeatedly. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs>
0: but uh, to clarify a little bit, what
1: I mean is those are the things
0: that help define the world around me, and this is going to sound a little weird, but also give me guidance, because both art and scripture, they're things people wrote down a long time ago to try to help people out of difficult times. I'd say the only difference between you know, that and religion is I'm aware of its limitations, and I don't consider it ineffable.
1: Yeah, I, I get I, I get what you're saying, and I do understand what you what you mean about art because a lot of times art uh, it depends on even like something like all right, here's an example. We're both fans of like Doctor Who, Doctor uh, Who, Doctor Who. who.
0: <laughs> I had to get um, one and two.
1: There you go. No, that's fine. I understand. Although I will say mine had better lyrics, <laughs> but uh, but like I was saying, look at something like Doctor Who, Doctor Who is essentially a Christ-like figure. You know what I'm saying? Very much so. And if not, I almost feel like he's more of a Christ-like figure than a character like Superman, because whereas like with Superman, the whole connotations of the last of his kind, the savior and stuff, you get that with Doctor Who as well, but the whole non-violence aspect of the Doctor, you know, makes him more so. And just some of the lessons that the whole the show tries to teach you about tolerance and how to be a good person you know they they do it in a fun entertaining way that's not necessarily preachy uh, and there's a lot of media that's like that you know a lot of movies and TV shows and books that are like that to teach you how to be a good person without necessarily having some moral message behind it yeah
0: Doctor Who is a lot like the Bible except it has lesbian lizard ladies so it's better
1: lizard ladies who are
0: detectives. Lesbian lizard lady detectives in Victorian England.
1: <laughs> exactly. At Battle the Very Snow. You don't you don't get that in the book of Job.
0: Okay, you do, but it's only for a couple of verses.
1: It's one of the deleted
0: scenes. And I just said the book of Job. I'm just imagining Job from Arrested Development in the Bible.
1: <laughs> I can imagine now, like, the plague of locusts descends on his cows. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> well, we just
0: alienated a lot of us <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a reason that show was canceled,
0: but – But going back to what you were saying, I can sincerely say that without books and movies and to a certain extent television teaching me what really mattered about life and uh, things like tolerance and open-mindedness, I would not be the person I am today.
1: I would say that uh, as well, Not, not necessarily about the moral stuff, but I would say a little bit. Two in that regards, but like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff I've learned I picked up just from like movies, TV, and just reading, you know, uh lessons and stuff. Not necessarily, like I said, not necessarily ethical stuff, but like factoids and you know, you know, stuff like that. Like you, you know, like that's one thing that I always find interesting about you is like, while you know, we've talked about this before, you don't necessarily have what you'd call uh, a traditional education, but you're still like one of the smartest people. Uh, and well-educated people that I know, you know. Why, well,
0: thank you, Johnson.
1: Just because of, like, your, your – that's something that you've done. You've sought out ways and to make yourself better, and stuff that you've read and, and took in have, you know, really broadened your horizons.
0: But ask me how much a leader is, I'll just start crying and curl up into a fetal position. Do fractions, boy! Do it now! Oh! Like Indiana Jones, just curled up into a ball. Fractions! Had <laughs> to be Fractions! But, uh, I can say with a fair degree of certainty that if I had been raised in a bubble without books, movies, or television, I would probably be racist,
1: just from the environment I grew up in. And you would probably be like someone else we both know, who I shall not name, but, uh, uh, his name's Alex Cook.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't have been a Jehovah's Witness.
1: How do you know? You don't know. You have no context in the bubble.
0: (laughs) Is that what happens whenever you're cut out from the outside world? You just become a Jehovah's
1: Witness? Nothing happens when you die. So has the bubble ordained, so shall it come true. Is
0: that the plot of Under the Dome?
1: (laughs) Maybe. You have to find out. I've read the book. Have you?
0: (laughs) I don't have time to read Stephen King books. I have to eat. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you can't tell me you can't get through a, a, a 1200 page <laughs> novel. Come on. Hey, I
0: got through Dreamcatcher, which is a one thousand page novel about farting.
1: Oh, I've Jesus. done my time. Yeah, you. I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you that. I did my time in Shawshank. <laughs> you 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 crawled through a thousand pages of shit <laughs> that no man has ever had to put up with. And I came out on the other side literate. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, speaking of, like, I know we got off on a bit of a tangent there, but speaking about, like, love and stuff, actually, I have, uh, like, a personal experience kind of story that involves love, but it's more uh from the romantic side of things, actually. Ah. Don Juan Johnson, that's me.
0: <laughs> the romantic tales of Johnson.
1: <laughs> but um, this is actually... Like, the first time, like, I ever had a crush on a girl.
0: Oh.
1: Um, was I five or, I can't can't remember if I was five or six.
0: You were 23.
1: (laughs) It was last night. Um, What's (laughs) happening to me? (laughs) Um, but she was, uh, she was in my class. Uh, I won't say her name. Because, actually, some of the stuff I will say later. You'll see why. But, anyway, um, like I said, I liked her. And which would become a, a sort of a recurring theme in my life. She didn't necessarily like me back.
0: We've all felt that sting.
1: Yeah, I just felt all that sting. But here's the thing, though. Like, I told her I liked her. She told me she didn't like me. I said, all right. And I got sad. But then I went home, and I told my parents about it. And your dad kicked her ass. No, but here's the thing. They told me, he said, well, it's a good thing that this is a, because we actually have something to tell you. Like, what? That girl is your cousin. <laughs>
0: What we're saying is don't let her get away, son.
1: <laughs> you gotta fight
0: for a, what you care about.
1: You found a keeper. But um uh, I'm trying to think how we really I I thought say like my grandfather and like her mother were cousins. We probably only be like fourth or fifth cousins, which I know people talk about like the creepy stuff, but I've always felt like if you're not like like first or second cousins, you know. Yeah. It's not necessarily that bad because, like, I think I read a statistic once somewhere that, like, the chance of, like, children being born, like, birth defects and, like, regular people uh, is, like, 4%. And then, like, among people who are first cousins, the numbers jump up to, like, 6 or 7 or 8%, you know. It's not that bad. It's when long-term inbreed that, you know, it's brother and sister and, you know. It's like when you see, make a habit of it. Yeah, that's when that, that gets to be a problem. That's when you get
0: more Game of Thrones shit.
1: Yeah. That's where Joffrey comes from. <laughs> Pride of inbreeding, ladies and gentlemen.
0: That man should have never saved his inbred ass.
1: <laughs> but uh, um, people
0: joke about that, but that's actually kind of a problem people run into in the South, is everybody is at least related
1: in some way. Um, And that is something, too. Like, uh, not everybody I went to school with, but, like, there were a lot of the white people – I went to school with, uh, were not distantly related to me some kind of way But I think that comes from like my family had been part, like the original family who moved that made up my family, like a hundred years earlier, they'd moved to town and it's a small town that kind of, you know, that kind of happens, you know, there are only so many people to have sex with, you know, you make a list. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was something me, uh in love with my cousin. Not love, but you know I was <laughs> you were six. in lust. Come on. Yeah. But the reason I said maybe it was a good thing was that like years later, uh she went to school with us. She dropped out like in eleventh grade. And then I, I hadn't got in touch with her. But uh and then I like I added I seen her on Facebook, like we become Facebook friends and then like like I think six months after that, like she made this Facebook post update. I don't have it in front of me, but it was like uh yes For all those who have been wondering, I am addicted to crack. (laughs) From all of you
0: speculators
1: out there. Um, I am addicted to crack, and I know I'm addicted to crack. I've been addicted to crack for several years now. Um, I have slept with 16 men, uh, and my sister and I have both slept with the same man who gave us a venereal disease. (laughs) Um, okay, I understand coming
0: clean about some things, but that's yeah. that's not even a confession. That's just uh, – that's a novel.
1: I've went to jail, and I'm going back to jail. Uh, I hope to get myself clean, but I don't care what anybody thinks because only God can judge me and forgive me now. And that was it. You know, she got like 60 likes and 20 people saying, we're praying for you, girl. We're praying for you. And I I, I didn't. I just – I just shook my head. That's all I could do.
0: I know you don't want to hear this, Matt, but you know what I think could have helped her? The love of a good man. <laughs> this is what happens to women when you leave them. After they've seen Johnson, how can anything else measure up?
1: I guess so. But uh there's actually like another story I have. uh it's about like the, the first like serious girlfriend I had and how our relationship kinda ended. Um it ended explosively. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's how relationships should.
1: Yeah, but um, so pretty much to give you an idea, like, I, I met this girl when we were uh, we were working at the radio station together.
0: Ah, back when you were DJ
1: Johnson. DJ Johnson. DJ uh, Scoop Johnson was my full title.
0: Everyone just called you Tootie.
1: <laughs> but so anyway, we were going out for like a couple months at this time. <laughs> and so... This was one afternoon we were at her house. And so we were doing things. Things that people young people do.
0: You of course mean watching MTV.
1: <laughs> yes, watching MTV uh dancing to that rock and roll music. Playing Candyland. Yes. But um but so we were we were doing this and there was this thing she did. She did this thing with her hand. And I alright, there's no way to get around she was giving me a hand job. <gasps> I thought you were playing Candyland. We did that before, okay? That was afterwards. We were weird like that. I don't know what we were doing, come to think of it. You were doing hand jobs is apparently what you were doing. Yes. So anyway, she was doing this and I was enjoying it. Because, you know and to preface this, this has been like uh a week or so in between, you know release if you understand what i'm saying
0: i like that you were gonna make this hand job special for her
1: (laughs) well something like she went to like she went on vacation to florida that's why you know she was gone
0: like i'm not gonna do this myself i got a girl to do this exactly
1: that's the whole point i use my own two hands like a jerk that's the old johnson (laughs) i'm not gonna use my two hands like some old jerk off (laughs) but no as i said i was getting close to the moment I let go and next thing I hear is oh my god ah! And she runs off. And I did find out <laughs> until later but apparently I uh accidentally sort of came in her mouth.
0: Oh god.
1: Yeah, so
0: That you gotta ma- prepare yourself for that. That's not something that can be sprung
1: on you. I like, I like the turn of phrase. Oh, chicka, wow, wow. Uh Oh, God, it's everywhere. But, um, yeah, so that was sort of, after that, we kind of thought it was best to, you know. Because, I don't know, like, it was weird, like, I was going through some rough stuff at the time. And I imagine the accidental bukkake. Yeah. And, to be honest, like, looking back, I was kind of a dickhead, so... But it was worth it. Ah! ah. That's why I like
0: talking to guys. Guy stuff, yeah. I'm just trying to live vicariously through you. I know you are. You're my sexy avatar, Matt.
1: Also, I am eight feet tall and blue, so that works out pretty nicely. So am I. Small world, isn't it? Hey, I didn't see you at the convention. <laughs> But, how about you like how about like your like romantic forties into love? Have you got anything of note or is this going to be like another depressing installment in the ballad of Ballerina boy
0: <laughs> They closed the bakery early one night the the,
1: the way that sounded it almost starts like a litter to penthouse or something
0: dear below the Bible belt. I never thought I'd record a podcast like this. <laughs>
1: But one night was all it took to change my mind.
0: Nah, no, my romantic history has been very, very minimal, shockingly.
1: Uh, I, f- I swear, like, you tell a girl that you constantly are splayed out on a blanket reading Judy, <laughs> Judy Bloom, Boy, girl, won't come running. And running away in a rainstorm.
0: Ah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say about guys with tiny tendons, don't you, baby?
0: Oh, yeah, they're tight in all the right places.
1: <laughs> you've thought about that one. You've had that one ready. <laughs> you've used that one.
0: Look, how I pitch woo is an upper discussion right now.
1: It's better than what I got.
0: You want to uh, see more, Johnson?
1: I was going to say something about Bukaki, but...
0: Now, you've already blown your Bukaki wad here.
1: Ah, uh, puns. I like it.
0: Is that even really a pun? You have to shift around a little bit for a pun. That was just saying something. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a guy who's had a lot of crushes, but I've never really been in a serious relationship before. The closest I've had is actually when I date uh, about six months back. I believe I mentioned it on the show whenever it happened.
1: Yes, because you, of course, naturally, uh, appropriate date movie. You went to go see Django Unchained. 'Cause I
0: figure this girl, she hates slavery. It should be romantic.
1: Well, I think it would it would work. It's a good, you know, uh, uh, litmus test to see how they feel. If she she gets sad about Django Unchained, she's you know maybe a decent person who doesn't like the evilness of slavery. But she, if she starts crying for Leonardo DiCaprio, then you know something's up.
0: Well, it would also be really bad if she really wanted to get physical afterwards. Like, oh, that movie's got me going. <laughs> <laughs> be a good thing or a bad thing?
1: I don't know. It, it all depends on what, what what she has hidden up her sleeve that she pops out in the throes of passion. If it's <laughs> – you know. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. That's what she says. Ah, is that for you or me?
0: <laughs> but uh, well, I was a girl I had met at work, and we were kind of friends. And uh, eventually I got up every last ounce of courage I had, which is – Uh, not as much as in your average perfume bottle. But, uh, I asked her out. She said okay. We didn't make plans right away, but one day when she was leaving and I was about to go to lunch, I stopped her and asked her if we could go to a restaurant that was right beside the store.
1: What restaurant was this? It was a sandwich shop. Ooh, that's, I like that. That keeps it nice and breezy, you know? Sandwich shop is, you know, it's, it's a nice, uh contrast between fast food and upscale you know
0: i did explain to her that this was not the date this was where we would discuss the date this was the dry run for the date just to see if i could sit down and talk to a girl without passing out (laughs) also i knew the guys who ran the place and i kind of wanted them to see me with a
1: girl like what's up guys see this girl she's real everybody check out this woman i'm attracted to Oh, yeah. I actually like girls. You can put that down for those of you wondering, because I know there were many of you. (laughs) That's my cue to exit. Like, (laughs) who the
0: fuck is that guy?
1: (laughs) I've never seen that guy before in my life.
0: Why did he take a date over here while they were both wearing aprons? Why didn't they
1: change? (laughs) Who was he looking at while he was talking? It was like he was referencing somebody who wasn't even here. This is a weird day. I'm going home early.
0: I come in there the next day. They have my photo up. Do not serve this man. <laughs> we had to close
1: early because of you.
0: I lost business.
1: You scarred our sandwich maker. You scared him with your romance. <laughs> uh, But the dry run, yes... Yeah, that did not work out. What What? What exactly went wrong?
0: After she chose to wait for a few minutes while I finished up what I was doing and was able to go on my lunch break, uh, we walked next door, and apparently the restaurant had already closed an hour earlier.
1: Those lazy Greeks. They were Greeks, weren't they? Yeah. I'm not giving
0: you any fuel for your racist fires.
1: Uh, that's just what a lazy Greek would do. They were albino. There, work with that. The pale, Those pale motherfuckers. Let them sweat in the sun. Get burnt. Anyway. So,
0: instead I just asked her if she wanted to sit down on the bench outside the door and talk about our date. Romantic, I know.
1: Well, I don't think that hobo jacking off next to the bench, really. <laughs> it helped sell, you know, the mood. Oh, that's Steve. He's cool. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen this man before in my life, is what the hobo said. <laughs> Hey,
0: Steve, check out my girl.
1: (laughs) Get away from her,
0: boy. I'm going to rehab now.
1: You changed that guy's life. You did good
0: (laughs) stuff. I inspired him with my romance.
1: He's a minister now because of you.
0: Uh, We sat on the bench and we made plans to go see The Hobbit. I thought, oh, well, this isn't so good, but... Well, next time, things will be better. At least I've been through the hard part. So then we make plans to go see it, and I get dressed up, and I go to the store. We were going to meet at the store after her shift and stop by her place and go to the movie. But um, this is I pulled into the parking lot. My cell phone rings. I answer it, and this guy is talking. Uh Hey, is this
1: James? A lot of things are going through my head at this point. That lying bitch. That's really what thrown through mine, but yeah, that's just me. But, uh,
0: this is actually a guy I know, a guy we work with. And he tells me that he's next to her right now.
1: We and just she's... had sex. How do you feel about that?
0: And apparently she's feeling bad, and she's not going to be able to go to the movie that night.
1: I'm, I'm starting to actually feel bad for you, because obviously this was bullshit, because she got another guy. To tell it not only what the fuck is this guy doing with her, you know?
0: Uh, they were actually calling from inside the store because she had gone to work that day. Apparently she had been she calling d- me on my cell phone the entire day, but I hadn't received any of her calls. Which is plausible because I wasn't receiving calls from anybody that day. I was having a weird problem with my cell phone.
1: Uh, it, was, it was called having it turned off.
0: <laughs> I don't want anything to distract me from my amazing date.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you were that focused. I walk in, and
0: I see her, and she does look pretty sick, and the guy's there, and she apologizes to me and says, you know, I promise I'll make this up to you, we'll go next week. Uh, she leaves, and yeah, I'm there with my tuxedo and my bouquet of flowers.
1: You've got an engagement ring in your pocket?
0: And I, just, I just kind of hang out there for like 30 minutes just talking to my coworkers because I don't want to go home. I buy a box of candy like you'd get at the movies and just eat that while walking through the store. <laughs> and uh, this is my
1: date. Huh? Uh, I have to be honest. I am feeling bad for you right now. Just in that. that, uh, I'm sorry.
0: I think to myself, "Well, this isn't very good, but at least for now we're even for the whole sandwich shop debacle." So the next time we go to see the movie, and once again we meet at the store, and she takes me to her apartment. I meet her friends.
1: Oh. I like where this is going.
0: And even, even as uneventful as it was, I'm still thinking I'm in a girl's apartment.
1: This is cool. Did you did you pet her cats?
0: I did not, they were very unfriendly.
1: Uh, see even even then you can get any pussy.
0: <sighs> I don't know what it is with people's cats whenever you go to their house. They always give you that look of like, Oh, who's this one?
1: They're looking at this my territory, motherfucker. Back off.
0: He's a little short for you, isn't he? <laughs> That's just my two cents. Uh, we go to the movie, and first of all, I'm extremely jealous of her apartment because you know I still live at home. So already I'm admiring this girl as well as liking her. Like I want to be a grown-up like her one day. <laughs> but, uh, we go to the theater. I ask for two tickets to The Hobbit, and I'm told that they're sold out. All I'm thinking is, no, this was the one thing I could do. I have nothing in my date repertoire. Like My one move is, I'll take you to see this movie. (laughs) And it was one she was really wanting to see, so I felt bad.
1: Oh, really? Hmm, that's weird. I don't know, I guess, me being sexist, I just don't imagine certain girls liking stuff like that.
0: Oh, she was a big fan of the Lord of the Rings novels.
1: Fucking nerds.
0: This is a girl I wanted to date, so obviously she read
1: something had to be wrong with her, <laughs> and I'm
0: feeling terrible because in the back of my head I'm also thinking this is probably sixty percent of the reason she agreed to the date so we could go see this movie. I'm like, uh, is there anything else you want to see, huh? You no, know, just I, I, I'll see anything, just whatever you want to do. She was kind of like me earlier in the podcast, like I like movies.
1: yes i love movies that have people in it acting and doing scenes and situations things of that nature so i figured uh i'd go
0: outside and see what else was playing at around that time and we'd go see that and i was wondering why i keep embarrassing myself in front of this girl and as i turned to walk away i knocked over a cardboard cutout of paul rudd
1: oh first well before we before you move on what was the Paul Rudd cardboard out there for? What movie it was, was... For,
0: it? Was for this is forty. So it was Paul Rudd taking a shit?
1: <laughs> that is. There's so many metaphors about that one act. I could you know. It's just so deep. The symbolism behind that trip. But. Uh... So I do that, and she laughs. Laughs, laughs at you.
0: <laughs> Your dad walks in. Do us for Greece? What the fuck you mean that ain't in this theater? He jumps over the counter and starts passing his face. in.
1: you better shape up, motherfucker. Okay, where were we? Oh yeah, um, yeah, my humiliation. <laughs> yes, but uh,
0: my options were Monsters Inc. 3D, Django Unchained, and the aforementioned This Is 40. Now, I didn't want to see the latter because you know. The depressing side of a long marriage is not a good, not good fodder for a date.
1: Well, it depends so, on how committed you are to this girl.
0: Like, even for a first date, I don't want her to be like, oh, that's what happens at the end of a relationship. I'm just
1: going to be single. Or you could have showed, like, this is what you'll get from me. Me shitting on the toilet. Get used to it. Now i got to go take a shit. Come watch me. I am Paul Rudd. <laughs> that would have won her over, I think.
0: I'm really popular for, like, two years, and then I disappear.
1: Hey, don't insult Paul Rudd. He was a heartthrob back in the 90s.
0: I am looking forward to Anchorman 2 as much as anybody. That said, Paul Rudd's star has faded. Whether or not that's fair is up to debate.
1: You're faded. That's what I say. No, more, That's why you're going to die alone and childless.
0: He was pretty funny in Forgetting Sarah
1: Marshall. <laughs> I'll agree i agree
0: with that. But uh I think there might be something too infantile about taking her to see a Pixar movie on a date. So I'm just left with Django Unchained. I'm like, uh, do you want to see that? Oh, okay. So I take her to see it, and I start getting really uncomfortable because she won't let me buy her anything. Huh. Like I buy myself a drink and I'm like, oh you want a drink? No, I'm fine like this. Uh do you want anything to eat? No, I'm fine like this. You want me to warm those beans up for you? No, fine like
1: this. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I kind of am in like movie theaters. I don't like to eat and drink, you know, the foods and stuff, just because how much of a rip off it is. I refuse to let them make money off me. But I get off track again. Yeah, she doesn't want you to buy anything, and so you go into the movie. And I'm going to assume stop, stop, stop that – Stop telling the story for me, man. I'm sorry that I'm a more efficient storyteller than I'm you. telling the story at my own pace. I, te- I like telling my stories Jack Webb, Sergeant Friday style. We went to the movies. She didn't have candy. We went inside. We enjoyed the picture. We went home. The end. If only. I <laughs>
0: <laughs> said so That was making me feel kind of awkward because I had this giant big gulp. <laughs> at this point, we're not close enough to share, so this yeah. is just for me. I also didn't help that I, throughout the movie, I kept sipping and going,
1: oh, so good. Don't you want some? Or, or you also spiked her candy with sand to make me some.
0: <laughs> yes, accept it. Accept
1: my germs.
0: Accept my germs. <laughs>
1: accept my germs and my love, please. Germs are love.
0: Germs are love. Just Smearing dirt on her face. Germs are love. <laughs> Strange that it didn't work out, but uh, (laughs) we watched the movie, and we both actually enjoy the movie quite a bit. I mean, there are a couple of moments where I'm like, yeah, Kerry Washington getting her face branded probably. Not a good topic starter for the drive home, but...
1: Well, I would say the best would be, of course, the Mandingo fights.
0: (laughs) Watching that, I was thinking, well, at least if this date doesn't work out, I got to see a good movie. Tarantino was my girlfriend. But uh, we both enjoyed the movie, and we talked about it for a few minutes, but then afterwards, she just started driving, and I had no idea where she was going. I asked her if she wanted to get something to eat or anything. She said, no, she was tired. She wanted to go home. I asked her, oh, you wanted to go back to your place? Immediately catching what I'd said, I was like, oh, I no, mean, not like that. I just, I just, I just, I I." You jumped I, out the window. <laughs> I just did a tuck and roll. Ah. <laughs> but uh, she said, no, I'll drive you home. And for the most part, the ride home was silent. And after she dropped me off, I asked her if she wanted to do this again sometime. She said, maybe, then left.
1: No, that's what maybe means. Sorry. don't want to burst your bubble. I'm pretty sure you figured that out by now, by the time she said that.
0: I kind of figured that out whenever I realized it was 8 o'clock. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going on a second date. But uh, no hard feelings. I mean, I kind of suck.
1: I don't understand what was so bad. I mean, I understand you were kind of awkward a bit, but it was like your first date
0: ever. Be oh, saying every few minutes, this is my first date ever, don't ruin it, probably.
1: <laughs> Batten, I love you. I love you so much. Here, more of my dirt and my germs. Eat it. Eat my love. <laughs> my love is me. Eat me. I'm just eat, coughing eat on me. food. Ah, eat it.
0: <laughs> Except <laughs> micro me. Uh, it was nice of her to take me on the date anyway. The way I look at it, I got to do something I never got to do before.
1: It's something... Namely
0: see an R-rated movie in a the theater. <laughs> Oh, well, no, something. I got to see Watchmen, which would really have been a date movie. That <laughs> swinging blue pendulum of desire flopping around the screen.
1: <laughs> that gets you going. But, uh, yeah, you got to do something you've never done before. Go on a date, and from the way it sounds, probably something you'll never get a chance to do again. <laughs> yeah. Kind right. all of us can get Candyland handies, Matt. Why are you so depressing, James? Every story you seem to have lately just so depressing i feel so bad for you i'm this not, there's not life. even there's not even a joke in there somewhere it's just it's genuine concern as your friend oh believe me i left
0: out the depressing parts of that story
1: james if there's one thing i can tell you is that there are more fish in the sea
0: basically what we're saying here on below the bible belt is it gets better
1: but not really it doesn't i'm sorry to be a buzzkill. But it Life does.
0: is an yeah. endless miasma of pain and alienation.
1: Especially if your name is James Marion Lewis. Hey, hey, hey. that's Marshall Lewis to you, Marshall. Johnson. I like Marion Lewis. That sounds, that, something about the name Marion, it seems more fitting your speed to have that middle name. I'm sorry. If it was good enough for John Wayne, it's good enough for me. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I think maybe we've dwelled on this subject enough, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah. I think the only way to save this podcast from its nosedive is to, <laughs> to head into the romantic woes of other southerners. Yes. With love stories that come from the south. It came from
1: the south. So, Matt, you had a news story? Um, maybe. I thought you were going to read the news stories this time. Well, j- j- well, well, well. I, I just – I just ah. – <laughs> he's gone. He's out the window. But no, actually, I do have a new story. I shared this with you the other day or a couple weeks ago, actually. Um, this is actually uh, based on a Gallup poll, which I didn't realize Gallup was still doing polls. Uh, Are you sure it wasn't a Gallup poll? Apparently, Gallup did this poll with, uh, of all people, Pornhub.com. <laughs> that institution. Uh, the institution. They did a uh, a poll on U.S. cities that are considered "quote unquote" very religious, and it you know, compared it to the cities where the residents most often visit Pornhub. So the findings, based on the religious cities ranked per capita and their visits to Pornhub between December 1st of 2012 to April 30th of this year, showed that 55% of a city in your state. Uh, visit Pornhub the most among all the religious cities in America, and that of course that honor belongs to Huntsville. Was Woo! and what's interesting is most of these uh, four of these cities is it four no three of these cities are from Alabama because you've got Huntsville number one, Montgomery number two, Little Rock, uh, Arkansas of course at number three. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's how I say that. That's just uh, they only watch
0: Cajun porn though,
1: so it doesn't count. Oh we, oh we. That's what they say when they're getting ready to uh, give me some of that crawdad. Number five was Augusta, Georgia, my new uh, home area kind of deal. They come in fifth among the twelve cities. Number six, Jackson, Mississippi. Puh, of course. Number seven, That's Birmingham. <laughs> um, coming in at number seven, Birmingham. Number eight is actually one of only two cities, or three cities that are outside the Bible Belt. Number eight is Holland, Michigan. Number nine, another city that I'm familiar with, Greenville, South Carolina. Number ten, Provo, Utah, all those Mormons getting a up on Pornhub. Uh, number 11, Hickory, North, North Carolina. And number 12, Ogden, Utah. So, a bunch of Bible Belt nuts and two Mormon cities.
0: You know what? I'm not going to focus on the negative. Let's hear for Ogden, Utah being on a
1: list. That's right. First time for everything. But I, I just found this interesting just because, you know, they always talk about how a lot of religious people are hypocrites, you know. And so I wonder, like, how many of these people who actually went to the site are actually religious. Because, just because, like, this is, says that the, they polled these people, the religious people, based on, uh, like, ten people may answer something and then they'll extrapolate it to include the whole city.
0: It sounds like a fascinating questionnaire. Are yeah. you religious?
1: Are you currently jacking off? Hmm? <laughs> Have I got a deal for you? Pornbible.com com. <laughs> It's an
0: actual Tijuana Bible. Little <laughs> dirty illustrations of Mary
1: Magdalene. Yeah, but I just find that funny because, like the the what I found out about it was uh, this the rock and roll radio station from Augusta. Uh, they shared it on Facebook it's like, look, Augusta's finally you know on a list somewhere. Woohoo! So good for Augusta. Yeah. I, I would say give yourself a hand, but obviously you're already doing that, so.
0: I'm just amazed that Jackson, Mississippi has access uh, to the internet.
1: We're going to Jackson. Dun, I think dun, that they have dun, the internet only for porn. Probably. I can imagine like some guy in Jackson Hey, is that one of them things that got the naked women on it? Preacher, preacher, calm down. <laughs> um but that speaking was a new strike. Yes, yeah, speaking of them. As we often do here.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have a story that was recently brought to my attention, and I'm not going to bury the lead. I'll just read the headline. Texas says it's okay to shoot an escort if she won't have sex with you.
1: Finally, someone has the courage to say what we've all been thinking.
0: And John Wright's activists everywhere can't be more thrilled. You <laughs> think there are John Wright's activists out there? Men without blowjobs.
1: Probably. Just, there's, there are a lot of decent men out there who are just looking for a woman who will tie them up and slap them with honey-baked ham.
0: Look, all we want is sexual slavery.
1: That's it. Don't make a big deal out of it. We deserve the right and freedom to force women to have sex with us. As a, as a male in this world, of course, that is our God-given right.
0: It's what Benjamin Franklin would have wanted exactly the ghost of benjamin franklin appears yes and then disappears (laughs) a jury in bexar county texas that's an amazing county just just acquitted ezekiel gilbert that's an amazing name of all charges that he murdered a 23 year old craigslist escort agreeing that because he was attempting to retrieve the 150 dollars he'd paid to lenora ivy Frago, who would not have sex with them his actions were justified Gilbert had admitted to shooting Frago in the neck on Christmas Eve 2009. Wow, he paid $150 for a hooker on Christmas Eve. That is a Tom Waits song brought to life. (laughs) Uh, He shot her on Christmas Eve 2009 when she accepted $150 from Gilbert and left his home without having sex with him. Gilbert's defense argued that the shooting wasn't meant to kill and that Gilbert's actions were justified because he believed that sex was included as part of the fee. Texas law allows people to use deadly force to recover property during a nighttime theft. Wow. The 30-year-old hugged his defense attorneys after the not guilty verdict was read by the judge. He thanked God, his lawyers, and the jury for being able to see what wasn't the truth.
1: I gotta say, that quote doesn't, that's that's a very confusing quote, but, I don't know, it just seems like one of those things that, you know, the law is being interpreted in very scumbaggery ways, you know.
0: Your Honor, all my client is guilty of is stopping a thief. And what you say was the stolen property... That sweet, sweet, store-bought panooch. <laughs> this man
1: has bought that lady's bodily parts fair and square. Objection, Your Honor. Who is this guy? He's clearly not Mr. Gilbert's attorney. Where did this man come from?
0: I go wherever God takes me. Sir? And when I woke up this morning and slept out of my PJs and ate my raisin bran, God said, Cowboy Bob Clark...
1: There's a man in Texas who needs you. Sir, are you even approved by the Texas Bar Association? I'm not the one who's on trial here. I'd say it's you who's on trial. Actually, sir, you are actually accused of shooting this prostitute in the neck. You cannot act as your own attorney. Who am I? I thought I was Cowboy
0: Bob Clark, but apparently I'm caught in some dark David Fincher-esque conspiracy.
1: Um, I'd like to move that we declare mistrial. I currently believe that I'm a chicken. And that's how he got off. And (laughs) seen. How
0: disturbing is that concept? Like, he paid for her vagina, so by running away from him, she was stealing.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, like, I understand, like, if someone's trying to steal, like, carjack you at night and you shoot him in self-defense. To me, that makes more sense, but that's what I'm saying. This is just interpreting the law to, like, a very vague level that could actually – obviously, this is set a precedence now because of this. Now anybody who wants to sh- essentially shoot a prostitute can you know look to this case as evidence saying, look this guy got away with it so I should be able to get away with it too. I mean, if I tell somebody an idea
0: I have for a really cool TV show and then he walks away, am I allowed
1: to shoot him? Yeah, it's intellectual property. Or what if like Disney has the right to like shoot people in the head who are counterfeiting Mickey goods you know I didn't make like a knockoff Mickey Mouse t-shirt in the state of Texas.
0: If it's after the hour of 6 o'clock, can the head of Paramount Studios just drive up to my house and shoot me in the face for bootlegging
1: one of his movies? (laughs) You torrented the thing with two heads. (laughs) You must die. (laughs) And then, of course, they attach your body as punishment to uh, Righteous Soul Brother. And then hilarity ensues. And
0: that Soul Brother's name is Cowboy Bob Clark.
1: (laughs) I don't know who I am
0: anymore. (laughs) It just keeps getting more and more complicated. <laughs> All I know is that I want off this infernal motorcycle. <laughs> oh, I just thank God they were able to see what was not the truth and instead find what wasn't not was the truth inside of a lie wrapped inside of justice.
1: I've gone cross that again.
0: Oh, my job's done. I'm moving away from news for a moment. I like how it sounds like we're a news podcast now.
1: It's time, time to step away from the news desk here at uh, BTBBNNNNN, which of course stands for Blow the bar out news, 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 News Network. July 4th is coming up. Yes. And after that, three days after that, my birthday. Oh, just, just in case you were thinking of getting me anything. I figured it would be
0: appropriate for us. To travel back to a very divisive time in our nation's history.
1: A very divisive, but also united time. We were united together.
0: United in our hate.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: The time, of course, is late 2001, early 2002. When a man by the name of Toby Keith, who had both the hat and tenacity of one Cowboy Bob.
1: And the courage that America needed. Or
0: <laughs> least the greatest bad song Ever written. And that song, of course, is called Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. Parentheses, The Angry American. Yes. Now, my love for this song cannot be summarized in words. I mean, this is the Street Fighter, the movie of songs for me.
1: For me, the first time I heard this song, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> but, uh... No, it's actually weird to say that you said that, because actually, I remember when it first came out, I actually kind of liked the song, you know. As I know it was as subtle as an atomic bomb, but I don't know, there was just something about it that I found very uh, uh, cathartic, just because of the time that it was released, you know, and I, I mean, I understand that it kind of seems hokey and heavy-handed and stupid now but i i kind of feel like at the time when it, it came out people were angry you know they needed a way to vent their frustration a little bit you know because something that like the last time we seen anything like that was you know pearl harbor so and we'd never seen anything on that scale or what had what had happened to us as a country so i just felt like maybe it was needed at the time but looking back it is kind of you know very uh A very divisive song, I guess you'd call it.
0: Yeah, Toby Keith is like that fish that first crawled out of the pond in primordial times. We needed him at the moment.
1: Toby Keith was the hero we needed, but not the one we want right now. So we'll hunt him, we'll condemn him. We'll seek the Brad Paisleys and L.O. Cool Days on him, (laughs) because he can take it. Because he's not our hero. He's a redneck guardian. A silent cowboy. An angry American. Dun, nah.
0: He's driving away, being chased by the police after murdering the Dixie Chicks.
1: <laughs> in his pickup truck. <laughs> and it, it zooms in on the bumper sticker, America, love it or leave it, and then it cuts to black.
0: Alright, shall we begin?
1: Yes, tell me when you're ready, and I will start.
0: On the count of three. One, two, three so excited, guys. American girls and American guys. That song is about to get very dirty. American girls and American guys. Doing what American girls and
1: American guys do on a Saturday night in Kentucky. I still say this song is second only to Reignition Remix. My dad served me. We lost his right eye But he flew a flag out in our yard Till the day that he died He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me
0: all To all cut out our eyes as well That man was Nick Fury Now this nation that I love is
1: falling under attack A mighty sucker punch came flying in From somewhere in the back
0: From a dirty a man named Barack Whoa! (laughs) Time traveling racism. (laughs) See, every time I hear this, I just imagine Uncle Sam writing a shit list. Yeah. (laughs) And the Statue of Liberty over his shoulder, shaking her fist like an old lady.
1: You done fucked up
0: now. And they ring the dinner bell. And they beat up Osama bin Laden with the world.
1: A bunch of symbols in this song, I've never thought about it. Not subtle symbols, but still, they're there. That electric guitar solo symbolizes freedom. Nothing Americans love more than electric guitar. Or maybe war and fast food, but still.
0: This is the sensitive part.
1: Yeah.
0: That's what America is, ladies and gentlemen. A big, angry, rabid dog that bites you whenever it hears loud noises.
1: (laughs) That should be on our change. Fuck E.
0: Puribus Unum.
1: Exactly. Of
0: That's what I would say on the base of the Statue of Liberty if Toby Keith was president. he would have those Jim Henson guys come in and animate the Statue of Liberty so whenever boatfuls of immigrants reach New York, she shakes her fist.
1: <laughs> Don't try anything, motherfuckers.
0: I know this already has a subtitle. I like to think the sub subtitle is... America. Don't fuck your shit up. (laughs)
1: I'm sorry I still love this song. I can't (laughs) help it. It's just so emotional. He mentions America and Uncle Sam, Setter Liberty and Violence. (laughs) This got everything I love. And people with one eye, I'm a sucker for Cyclopses. But like I said, that was a song we needed at the time. If you really want to get on to like songs like that, what's was the one that Alan Jackson had? Like the Where Were You song? Have you ever heard oh that God, one?
0: Oh, God, Where Were You in the World Stopped Turning. Yeah. The song that enrages me every time I hear it.
1: That to me is worse because at least Toby Keith was trying to go – it's that there was real emotion behind it. It almost felt like Alan Jackson's song was trying to cash in, you know? Pretty much. I'm just a singer of
0: simple songs. I ain't no real political man. I don't know the difference between Iraq and Iran. You do now, though. (laughs) I like the. There was a time when being ignorant of foreign events made you charming. I don't know nothing about no Sunnis or Shiites. I just know America.
1: To me, that song, that line may have been going for being quaint, but yeah. Given the future events, it actually <laughs> it kind of
0: yeah we fucked him. up not knowing the difference between Iraq and Iran.
1: Obviously, I don't know much about weapons of mass destruction, <laughs> but I know them when I see them. And Iran or Iraq, I can't remember. I can't tell the difference between the two, so obviously, I don't remember the names. But that one but... country definitely has them. So invade them. That was President Bush that sung that song, by the way not not Allen Jackson.
0: We'll be greeted as liberators. Uncle Sam, what's his name at the top of your list? That, that was a weird feeling that was going around at that time. Like, not only do we not need to know about other countries, it's offensive that other countries exist. How dare they not be America? Exactly. But their funny-sounding names and their un-American cultures and their differences...
1: And there's sweet, delicious oil. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, it's so good. Uh,
0: that's probably why my date didn't work out well. At one point, I did smear oil all over her face. Look how wealthy I am! <laughs> love me like I love oil. <laughs> well, if that's all we've got, I think it's time we pay another visit to Redneck Texan and his poetry club.
1: What have you got for us today, hip cat?
0: Why can't any Western politician come out and declare the blood bloodletting contest a good thing for our side by tying up all these violent asswipes somewhere that can't hurt anything important? Why do we even have to pretend we support one side over the other? Why even get the least bit involved in something that is likely to produce such an outcome? Does the world really need a stable Syria? You know, I'm getting a vibe that Europe's had a belly full of Muslims. The far right might be talking the most shit about Islam, but I think the broader Eurocenter left might be preparing the groundwork for a final solution to their combined Muslim problem. They're finally starting to see the long-term threat, to their way of life. I think the trains to Turkey are going to run on time. If I was running for office, I would suggest that we treat our Muslim guests the way they treat the Christian and Jewish community in their country of origin. Gordon Brown and the Labour Party needed the Islamic voting bloc's few percentage if they wanted to keep control. Just like politicians here taught the achievements of blacks and Hispanics. I think it's called politics. Even Tony Blair said he reads the Quran every day. Scary if true. Dig
1: The real Sulfur, brother. I dig it.
0: Cause there's nothing more terrifying than Tony Blair reading the Quran.
1: <laughs> exactly. But I thought that was kind of interesting because obviously the fact that, you know, most of that had no basis in fact whatsoever.
0: (laughs) Or made grammatical sense.
1: But that's poetry.
0: Or made a sentence.
1: That's what you don't get about poetry. You're one of those square, you know, you work at Walmart now. You're one of the squares of the world.
0: I've sold out.
1: Sold out, man. With your oil-covered face (laughs) representing the blood of the innocent
0: I'm no longer James anymore. I'm also Johnson. (laughs) We're all Johnson.
1: It's far too late to stop it. Are you saying that I'm everybody? We're all figments inside Cowboy Bob's imagination. I have become the singularity. That don't make no sense. That ain't the way I like it. That's not the way America wants it. Don't worry, Cowboy Bob. We will save you one day from yourself. My own
0: worst enemy. It's like that Christian Slater show on the NBC network.
1: That was a good show. What happened to it? Ratings, mostly. Well, until the South rises again, I am Matt Johnson. And I am Matt Johnson.
0: And you've just been below the Johnson belt.
1: What if we start about seven? About seven, six central. Sixty? Yeah, six, I yeah. I have to accommodate Spence. you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to accommodate my
0: disability.
1: <laughs> your disability of being an hour behind everyone—that needs to be a good movie. <laughs> a man, an hour behind everyone. You know, I'm, I'm here for the meeting. That was an hour ago. No. I'm gonna sue your ass. Denzel Dad. Washington
0: stands in front of the courtroom. My client was fired for being an hour behind everyone.
1: And then he turns to look at the client, and he's not there. (laughs) Where is he? He I'm an hour... I'm I'm still asleep, I'm sorry. He has to battle his own personal prejudice. (laughs) I just hate you centrals so much, it makes me sick. Every time I look at you centrals with your watches an hour behind us, it makes me sick.
0: And don't even get me started on mountain timers <laughs> we have, we're not even recording yet. we've already invented a new racism <laughs> that's a record Timist.
1: have you ever uh, before we get into it have you ever heard of that film Revolution road
0: yeah
1: it's that I watched some of it It's essentially what would have happened if DiCaprio's character had survived the end of Titanic That's pretty much what i've heard they they they, they come back to, you know they're living in New York miserable and Kate Winslet dies trying to give herself an abortion. Good times.
0: Which at least she got to fly that airplane. <laughs> Billy Zane was there watching.
1: For some reason, he's got like a little screaming young in his hands. <laughs> I have a child.
0: Get out of my way. Did Alex ever tell you about the time we found out what Billy Zane's real name is? mm It's I think it's William Xanathos or something.
1: <laughs> You're shitting me. I I've have... got to look this up
0: and his mother is Talia Xanathos. i swear to
1: god his mother's name is Talia Zenathos maybe maybe that's how you pronounce it it's greek it's like zane with tacos on it <laughs> that's the only time where billy zane is actually laming it up you know you never see like <laughs> someone take a stage name that's not interesting or cool
0: zane is known for his restraint that's why he only built four tennis courts on his private estate, Xanadu.
1: <laughs>
0: also Billy Zane's sister was the original voice of She Hulk. Is
1: that is that true? Yeah.
0: That's, that's actually how we found out about Lisa's his family Zane. in the League of Shadows. I think the Zane family is like a family on Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> House Zane.
0: Zane is coming.
1: Yeah. Oh she did the voice she did a voice for Biker Meister Mars also. Awesome. What? Oh, it's new Biker Mice from Mars. Uh, they did a new Biker Mice from Mars? Yeah, I remember that. That was wow. pretty That probably
0: sucked. Hey, everybody. Remember the other Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? But
1: enough about Street Sharks.
0: And, yeah, Biker Mice from Mars wasn't even the other Ninja Turtles. They were the other, other Ninja Turtles.
1: It just and, seems like with Biker Mice from Mars, like someone played, like, Mad Libs, you know? Pretty much. Although, to be fair, I'm pretty sure that's how... Uh, Laird and Eastman come up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I think they pretty much come out and said as much you know
0: the important thing was that they were sticking it to Frank Miller exactly slam evil